was an immense encouragement to us this morning. Thank you. Thank you very, very much. We have a good time now for those of you who are guests to, to look into God's Word together. So if you go with me, if you have your Bibles uh, on your device or in book form, please go to 2 Timothy chapter 1. Years ago, I preached a Mother's Day sermon on 2 Timothy chapter 1, um, but I did not focus on the text that I'm going to be discussing this morning. Um, we had the opportunity to consider the character of Timothy's grandmother and mother when I preached on this text years ago. But we never had the time on a Mother's Day to consider the fruit of their investment. In other words, what happened in their kid's life because they were godly grandma and mother? What was the, uh, what was the ultimate purpose of them investing in the life of their son and grandson? So to, this morning I'd like to do that. It's going to require that we take a look back quickly before we move forward, but for every lady here, whether you are a mother or grandmother or not, for every believer here, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for teaching, isn't it? Amen. For correction, for instruction in righteousness. So uh, every saint, every time we open the book, regardless of the day or the holiday, we've got, all of us have something to learn. So uh, we just happen to be able to learn it this morning from the life of some godly ladies in Scripture. If you need a Bible to follow along with this morning, just lift up your hand. Ushers will find you and uh, give you one to follow along. So let's read the text this morning. Then I'll give you four anchors that children need in their life from their moms and their grandmothers four anchors that are going to hold them steady uh, during the uh, difficulties and the triumphs of life. Okay? So let's begin here in verse number three. I thank God. Second Timothy chapter one in verse three. I thank God upon whom I serve with a clear conscience. The way my forefathers did is I constantly remember you in my prayers night and day, longing to see you. He's speaking to Timothy here, who he's writing a letter. Even as I recall your tears, speaking of the last time they had probably seen each other and had to depart from each other, so that I may be filled with joy. For I am mindful of the sincere faith within you, which first dwelt in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I am sure that it is in you as well. For this reason, I remind you to kindle afresh the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands, for God has not given you a spirit of timidity, but of power and love and discipline. Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord or of me, his prisoner, 
but join with me in suffering for the gospel according to the power of God who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our own works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was granted us in Christ Jesus from all eternity, but now has been revealed by the appearing of our Savior, Christ Jesus, who abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel, for which I was appointed a preacher and an apostle and a teacher. For this reason, I also suffer these things, but I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed and am convinced that he is able to guard what I have entrusted to him until that day. Retain the standard of sound words which you have heard from me in the faith and love which are in Christ Jesus. Guard through the Holy Spirit who dwells in us the treasure which has been entrusted to you. Father in heaven, we ask your blessing upon the public reading of your word and now upon the teaching and preaching of it to each soul here. We find ourselves by the help of the Holy Spirit coming to own the truth of this text, especially on this day. Our ladies, these dear saints that are so spiritually essential to us, in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Let's list these four anchors. These four anchors that our spiritual progeny needs. Any child needs in their life. And if you just got these four anchors and you were able to put a Bible verse by each anchor, we would have succeeded today. Because you can go in your own time, meditate on this passage, Understanding a brief summary in the, within the text and context and let the Holy Spirit of God instruct your hearts. And I would encourage you, I would, I was, as a matter of fact, I would strongly encourage you to do this. Meditate on this text in relationship because our spiritual and biological children depend on our understanding the future. The quality of their future depends on understanding um, the fruit that Timothy was able to enjoy in his own life because of a godly heritage. Okay. First of all, the anchor number one, the anchor of a spiritual support system. Every child needs a spiritual support system. Anchor number two, the anchor of developed giftedness developed giftedness every child needs to understand the gospel and after they understand the gospel they've got to understand how their Jesus equipped them to function inside the local church that's anchor number two anchor number three the anchor of personal stability personal stability there'll be a flow as there typically is in God's word to the order of what's being stated there's salvation after salvation there's a support system within that support system is going to be some activity of the living out of a spiritual gift and within 
that flow next, there will be spiritual, emotional, and mental stability. Does our world cry out for spiritual, emotional, and mental stability? Right? How many more school shootings are we going to have to have before the world realizes all their remedies aren't working? How many more 13-year-olds are going to have to hang themselves in their bedrooms before that happened in our own town not long ago, before we realize they need this? But we didn't start, Paul doesn't start with that being the first anchor. The first anchor is Jesus. Amen. The second anchor is his flock. The third anchor is service within the local church. This is the fourth, this is the third anchor. The presumed first is Jesus and so forth. But our final anchor this morning is the anchor of effective ministry. Every child needs to be led into effective local church ministry. But again, the ministry is last. The ministry is the fruit of the former three. Are you with me? Okay. So let's go back now. To verses three through five. What is the anchor of a sincere spiritual support system? We've already read these verses and Paul outlines here uh, that Timothy really was a third generation Christian in his family. But the layer of help didn't end there. Then God gave Timothy Paul as a spiritual mentor. It is virtually impossible to read about any godly saint in the scriptures without noticing that they just didn't show up on the scene of Christian history all by themselves. Everyone here in the auditorium this morning that knows Christ has a backstory of who you are and how you are influenced to know Christ and serve him. Some of your stories may be more layered than others, but nonetheless, you heard from someone the gospel, and then someone has helped you live the gospel, at least the Holy Spirit has. But your heart, if it's never had someone other than Christ saving you and the Holy Spirit indwelling you and the word of God feeding you, your heart's longed for someone else to walk this life with. And most people have had at least one person who's prayed for them and nurtured them after they've come to know Jesus. Timothy's story was no different as we've read. History tells us back into Acts chapter 14, he hears Paul preach for the first time. But when he hears him preach, he's already got a saved grandma and a saved mom. So he meets him in his hometown of Lystra, and just two chapters later, we find out that Timothy's been reared by these godly ladies, having owned Jesus for a Savior. And by the time he's a young man, some people say as early as 16 to 18 years old, he's known in his city, Lystra, and he's known in the surrounding area, uh, Acts 16 tells us, as a young man of tremendous spiritual integrity. He had a testimony. And he had influence, even as a young man. So these anchors were already being cast in to the sea of his life to hold him. Right? But it's obvious here he didn't do this alone. He had a spiritual support system. 
It dwelt first, the text says, in his grandmother Lois, and then second in his mother Eunice. Uh, Timothy did not have a daddy who knew Jesus. He did have a daddy. His mom certainly remained faithful to him all the days of her life, from what we know from Scripture and history. But these ladies were his support system. And Paul says, so therefore I'm sure it is in you as well. We don't know. History doesn't tell us. Lois may have been the first one saved in the family. But if she was, there was someone to mentor her and to help her. Timothy's support system was layered with his family. Biologically, and then his support system increased spiritually in his local church family there in Lystra. We find out later through Scripture that that Timothy had the opportunity to follow the Apostle Paul very closely for almost 18 years of his life. Timothy didn't get his first ministry assignment that he would call his own until he was 38 years old. So from Acts 16 to his placement as pastor of the church of Ephesus, when he's about 38 years old, he's had the influence of his grandmother and his mother and the Apostle Paul among many others. So Paul writes the pastorals to Timothy, 1 and 2 Timothy, to ensure him he's still not alone. That even, even though he's pastor over the church of Ephesus, he's still not going to be left alone. In his practical walk or in his ministry duty, the carrying out of his church responsibilities, People who have in church history that have gone alone after they're saved are rare. And those who did try to go it alone often end up in shipwreck. It is natural for moms, especially for ladies, to nurture a child unto knowing Christ, and then it's natural for them to nurture a child to become like Christ. Moms, ladies, you are part of that divine support system. They need to hear of Christ from you. They need to watch you live Christ. They need you to help them grow up into his likeness as your primary pledge of allegiance. God has gifted ladies to nurture. I don't know about you guys. He's gifted my wife to nurture. Um, as our kids got a little older in junior high and high school, and I don't know where this came from. I, I always called my mom, mom. But they started calling her ma. Hey, ma, love you. Gotta go. I don't know where that came from. Maybe it was just the last part of grandma. I don't know. But it was Ma. So as they got older, we realized uh, together that um, mom's just designed to care for things. She loves to nurture things. And so if you walked into my house, you would see a lot of beautiful plants. I recently asked my wife if I could build her a greenhouse in the backyard. I'd be glad to move those plants there. <laughs> right? I'm actually growing a little weary of having to move them every time I vacuum. But she has a special touch. She nurtures those things 
very meticulously. And her greatest glory is she can get an orchid, now many orchids, to thrive. That's kind of hard to do, I guess, ladies, maybe. And she has rotated these plants to different places in the house until she found one place where those orchids thrive. Those orchids will never be removed from that spot. Every week, she picks one up. She goes, two more buds. See, honey, see. It's great. Keep going. It's beautiful. <laughs> right? And they are pretty. A lot of care. My wife loves our little dog, Macy. She loves that little dog. I, all, I was this close to buying her. I found actually a Mother's Day card from a dog this weekend. <laughs> if dogs could talk, right? She loves to nurture that little tiny black ball of fur. So in time, Rhonda's been referred to not just as Ma, but Plant Ma and Dog Ma and lots of other ma's in our house. They're just designed to nurture, right? And guys, we praise God for that, right? Because we weren't. We have to be told to nurture. They just do it naturally. So they're an essential part to this support system. Children have to have, and, and guys, we need to clear our wives' spiritual pathways, so to speak to make sure they could be a significant portion of what our children need. They need to do spiritually, instinctively, that which they do practically. They love to feed, clothe, shelter, nurture, nurse, care. It's just who they are. Guys, we need to make sure they can do that with spiritual goals as their priority for our children. That's the support system. We'll move quickly to verse 6 here. Because Timothy had that support system, which included so many other things that even we've mentioned this morning, Paul was able to tell him in verse 6, for this reason I remind you to rekindle afresh the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. When Timothy was born again as a, as a child, at that moment, God had gifted him, whether he knew it or not, to be a pastor teacher. I will tell you, any child, any Christian, doesn't come to realize what their gift or gifts were that God gave them when they're born again, unless they're given a spiritual support system to nurture their discovery of that gift. And I would say that begins in our homes. Parents ought to be investigating with their children. Yes, Jesus saved you. We've been nurturing under his likeness, but he's also gifted you. Let's talk about what that gift is. We're going to discover why in just a little bit. I was reading an article that I had seen on Twitter uh, several weeks ago, and it was a study done by a university that, uh, on, on youth sports in America. So... They discovered $17 billion annually is spent on youth sports in, in the U.S. And that's a big number, but that's not really that what amazed me. What amazed me is the article went on to say as they studied 
I think it was over 30,000 homes, that they discovered that the parent was expending, was spending 10% per child of their annual income on their particular sport for that year. I've always told you folks, God created us to worship. If we're not going to worship him, we're going to worship someone or something. And I find it interesting, even the financial investment they're willing to give in replace of certainly honoring God in their worship. $17 billion a year. Parents are very interested, moms too, in developing their child's giftedness, or should I say their talents. Giftedness is spiritual, talents biological. Are you with me? Giftedness is spiritual, talent is biological. Look at the thousands of dollars, and I'm not even saying that's wrong. Pour the thousands of dollars into your kid if he's interested in, in the arts or, or in STEM or in 4-H or in athletics. Pour it into them. That's part of being made in God's image. And they need to, whatever their hand finds to do, they need to do it with all their might, but never at the expense of the first priority of how God spiritually gifted them. Amen. Your children ought to desire to know this first. So all you guys and gals that are on your phones right now, look up here. All right? I think it's really funny. There's so many different ways that people get, look at their phones at church and their Bible's really not on their phone, but they challenge everyone that is, right? <laughs> right? There's like, there's like this, this, I gotta check a text. There's this yawn move, right? <laughs> I've seen that, right? I've seen lady from the pulpit, I've seen I've seen, you know, the, the dig in the purse for something necessary thing. When they're going in there, I need a tissue. But they're going in their phones in there, just kind of digging around, looking at things. I don't even know why I did that. It's not in my notes. I just saw a few that were looking down that need to look up, so I just said it. All right. All right. Young people... Your mom's purpose on earth is for you to know Jesus and then for you to know how he gifted you to function in his church. Amen. That's Pledge of Allegiance number one and number two. What does Matthew 6.33 say? Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. The Greek word there for first is protos. We're getting this word priority. I find it really interesting. If you go back up with me to those verses we read on Grandma Lois and Mom Eunice, what does it say for in verse 5? For I am mindful of the sincere faith within you, which, what? First. That's not chronos, where we get chronology, which is linear time. That's also the word protos. It, the priority began with somebody in your life, in your support system. She lived out for you what it meant, not just to be know Jesus, to be saved, be part of his local church, but to live her giftedness in Lystra. You've already seen it in Grandma. Now you've seen it in Mom. Now, Timothy, what are you supposed to do? And the text here is, is very, very simple. He says here that you're supposed to do two things. He said, I want to remind you to rekindle. You see those words in verse 6? For this reason, I remind 
that you, and the grammar here says, rekindle afresh. It's powerful wording here, folks, for this reason. It's natural, humanly, for us to drift away from that which, how God's gifted us and its function in the local church. So it takes that support system to remind us. Timothy's pastor of Ephesus, and Paul's telling him, just by the grammar here, look, even as a pastor, you're going to get weak. You're going to get tired. You're going to lose your focus. So Timothy, I'm telling you, as the third layer of your support system, fourth if you include Christ first, I'm telling you, I'm reminding you, I'm calling it up again. The assumption is here he does this regularly with him. The grammar tells us something. It was a common conversation among him and Timothy. To rekindle, to go back into, literally, the flame of your gift and allow it to function the way God had intended it to function that 1 Peter tells us in chapter 4, verses 9 through 11. There's ministry gifts and there's speaking gifts. Whatever gift your child has, it's to be understood. It's to be, it's to be implemented. And it's to be used because it's from God's grace as a tool of God's grace to encourage the body of Christ. Our kids are unsuccessful as believers until they're mentored into that activity. Do you understand that? And we thank God for youth that sings, youth that plays, and there's youth ministering all over this place, of which we're all tremendously thankful for. But I would just encourage you, increase more and more. This is not just going to church to be busy. This is healthy. We might hurry to rehearsal to sing all these kind of things, but, and we might be in a, in a hurry. It might seem really, really busy, but remember here, this is anchor number two. This is about spiritual health of a child. It's about your spiritual health as an adult. Are you understanding how God's designed you to function in the local church? Anchor number three, the anchor of personal stability. What does he say here in verse seven? Because Timothy knew Christ, because Timothy had that support system, because Timothy was active, growing up, learning what it was to serve via his giftedness inside the local church. For God has not given us a spirit. I really believe that word spirit there is in reference to the Holy Spirit, not just a mindset or an attitude, or a disposition. God has not given us a Holy Spirit that is timid. He's omnipotent, isn't he? Didn't the Holy Spirit boldly speak into your life at one point? <laughs> and it wasn't a still, small voice, was it? He screamed in the ear of your heart, and he said, you're broken. Jesus died for you. Turn to him, right? He did that. He's boldly spoken in your ear. Many times since, the Spirit of God is not timid. And because he's not timid and he indwells you and he's governing you, the assumption is, remember the flow of the text, the assumption is he's governing you. 
Therefore, you should be what? You should understand power and love and discipline. Power and love and discipline. This divine person now inside of us is omnipotent. He gives us the ability, the energy, the power, if you will, to live out your giftedness. So therefore, any child, any adult could never say, if they're walking in this order, I can't. Because the Spirit of God always can. Okay? He's the pilot light in the furnace of our soul that never goes out. So we can. It's of love. Power moves us towards something objective to God's word. To have love for him, his word. To have love for each other. And, and we've seen the outpouring of that this week among us through folks who are hurting, folks who have passed away into Jesus' presence. It's been amazing to see how giftedness empowered has been compelled and moved to encourage each other. There's no one that can love any. There's no entity on earth that could love and encourage like the local church in Jesus Christ, empowered by the Spirit of God can. Amen. Nothing can replace that. And I've watched it. I've been an eyewitness of it. I've been a recipient of it. And that's all governed by love, which is empowered by the Spirit of God which leads to discipline. This is the only time in the New Testament this word's used. It just simply means to have an understanding about practical matters and thus be able to act sensibly, to have sound judgment, to be sensible, to have good sense. The Spirit of God is even the power behind this practice of our gift. The power is the ability to love. The love is the ability to act and practically do gospel ministry. All this word means, young people, and all this word means, moms, as everyone listens, okay, hopefully, right? All this means is, is that children are going to be led. They're going to be physically led. They're going to, into what I would call ministry apprenticeships. Little girl playing with an accomplished musician. Did she learn anything from her through practicing, through playing? Sure. It's common in life. Everything in God's created order is, 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 functions on the, the fulcrum or the hinge of authority and submission, right? Someone's got to lead, someone's got to follow. The trades do this. Hospitals do this, right? Every industry does this, okay? I pulled in to do Gene Davis's funeral yesterday morning, and a gracious young gal came up to the window and asked who I was and what, where I was going and where I was going to be going. And she goes, she introduced herself. Hi, my name is so-and-so, and I am Chuck's apprentice for the summer. Why would she do that? Well, if she wants to get into that line of work, it's actually an academic requirement. So even the world, as God's image bears, gets this leadership fellowship thing. Right? And that's all, that's all, moms. Dads, it's Mother's Day, but everybody, this is what God wants us to do. Lead our children hands and give them hands and feet. Let them see and touch and be involved with physically what the Spirit of God would empower them to do to encourage the body of Christ. No soul left behind, no child left behind. 
Everyone who saves got at least one gift. And we do it with discipline. With discipline. Final anchor as we close here in the next couple minutes. The anchor of effective ministry. Can I draw your attention to three commands in this short section of Scripture that you can study on your own for sake of time this morning? He says here, beginning in verse 8, do not be ashamed. Do not be ashamed. He says down in verse 13, retain the standard of sound words. Retain the standard. And then he concludes in verse 14 by saying, guard. Guard. These aren't options. These are obligations. Don't be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord. You know what he does between there and the next command? He just discusses how the Lord saves and how the Lord equips and how the Lord Jesus Christ underpins gospel ministry. The proclamation of the gospel and the living out of the gospel within the community of God and without in our community who needs Christ. That's what he explains. So he says, look, Timothy, you're going to be able to obey this command because of what? Because of the order of the text, right? It's really profound. It's God's word. And it's really that simple. The simplicity is in the profundity, right? Or vice versa, right? Hang on with me, right? Support system, giftedness, stability, effective ministry within the church and without. Retain the standard of sound emotions. Is that what it says? No. Oh. Moms, this is the fruit of your life and your kids. Your kids being able to hold on to the Word. This governs their life practically and among the body of Christ. That they would learn. Timothy had learned through his support system to guard and protect this inspired, preserved Word. Isn't that the cry of every one of us as parents to have children that own the Bible for themselves? Amen. Isn't that it? As a matter of fact, if your kids do grow up to own the Bible, and someone says, man, your kids are really godly kids. I'm glad they're doing great. You did a great job. What's your heart? There's no way they turned out to be good because of me. That was all God and his word, but God still used your support system, right? Isn't this what we want our kids to do? Moms, isn't this really when you breathe your last, so it's like the Apostle John said of the people in his church, I have no greater joy than to know that my children walk in the truth. No, no greater joy. Seek ye first. It was in Lois first. Out of all the things our world shoves up into our lives to claim first place, this is first that our kids would crescendo gradually unto ministry effectiveness. What are they doing? In so doing, they're, they're putting a fortress around 
this treasure that they have in their own earthen vessel. They're guarding the treasure that's been entrusted to them. And what's the greatest treasure we could entrust to our kids? It's God in Christ and his gospel. If we could compel our children, moms, to ultimately matter for eternity, rather than just getting the degree and getting the job and getting the house and, and, and getting the car and getting the wife and getting the kids and, and getting the retirement account and getting the, the house in Florida in retirement and getting and getting and getting. If all of our kids could stand up in our community and say, I saw him come to Jesus and someone helped me lead them. I saw her come to Jesus because someone in my life helped me in a support system to know what my giftedness was so I could grow deeper inside the church, so I could be brighter light outside the church. Wouldn't that be the greatest glory for any parent to be able to say, my child entrusted the treasure in their heart to somebody else? Priority number one. Parents, at all costs, that Jesus and his cause may be number one in your kid's life, nothing else. All those other things are good, and we enjoy them because God tells us to, but we can't let them get out of priority. Okay? That's why they're the imperatives. Right? All right, let's pray together. Father in heaven, we love you. We love our moms, grandmas, great-grandmas, great-great-grandmas, and my goodness, we, we see the, the obvious spiritual and eternal value that they have in our lives just here in the life of Pastor Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 1. Lord, I pray that even though all of us feel so incapable and, and sometimes so broken, and where do we find the strength to even do this? Help us now, Lord, to realize constantly where we find it so that we can be strengthened ourselves and our own spiritual support systems so that we might be active, strengthening the body, going deeper in your words so that we too can be the example for our children of what it means to even have strength and energy to be light without. We're so busy. We have very little time to be with people who need Jesus, which is telling us that we're not healthy. We're just busy. So Lord, may all of us, by God's grace and your mercy, be able to have our progeny guard the treasure that's in them. And as it's been entrusted to them to guard, may they be able to live it and entrust it to others. For Christ's sake, in his name we pray, amen.